In the Pits is partnered with Get Dat Shot. Get Dat Shot now offers first in line photo and video editing, 20% off Get Dat Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get Dat Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get Dat underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get Dat Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at Paintball Kumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 9 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week we will have a short and sweet about 30-minute episode with a new topic and special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans. and this episode, we are going in the pits with none other than Alex Martinez, owner of San Antonio X-Factor. Alex, how are you doing this evening? How you doing, guys? Great. Doing great this week. Awesome. It's, uh, we're really happy to have you on. We've been looking forward to this. Uh, so, Alex, for those of you, maybe uh, those that are listening, they haven't... Uh, they don't really know much about you, just in case. So how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Uh, over 20 years. Uh, my son started on a little birthday party, and we just never stopped. And that's how most players get started. That's awesome. So, uh, you know, getting started with, um, for those maybe that haven't seen the, uh, the BKIT movie, let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about you. Uh, your personal origin story into paintball yeah yeah absolutely um like i said man it started with the birthday party uh my son walked in one day and he says hey dad i want a uh, paintball party and i was like what is that you know i i was like paintball party i don't know what that is i was like put it together and let's let's go check it out and he had some buddies the coin brothers brett and ryan they grew up we're in the same neighborhood they grew up together uh, we went to paintball nights and had a little birthday party there. And then one thing led to the next. We had the party. Two weeks later, we booked another party. And two weeks later, we booked another party. And eight weeks later, we find out that we can actually play rec side. We didn't even know that there was a rec side. Um, but we had a good time with it, man. You know, I walked up. They were like, hey, you can play. And I was like, man, I'm not playing with these little guys 12 years old. And they're like, you don't get it. They're going to shoot you up. And I was like, really? I was like, we'll see about that. And I think that's what's cool about paintball, that you can be all ages, all sizes, male or female, and you can all get on the field and have a great time with it. Um, the BKIT, it just, dude, it was just the kids just growing up, understanding who they are, and they just love paintball. And it's pretty simple. They just started calling themselves the best kids in Texas. That little core of guys with Sean, Ryan, and Grayson, and Ryan Brand, and the Odells, and dude, it was, it's a blast. We had a blast. And they're growing up trying to live what we call living the dream, right? But that's where it all started. It was great. Yep. And now, uh, 20 years later, we're here. X Factor is, uh, you know, one of the best teams in the world. And those players, some of the best names in paintball. Uh, so for you as a tournament player, have you been under the name X Factor since day one? Or have there been any other names that you've played under? No, we started, obviously, when we started, you know, we started with Paintball Knights. So there was Paintball Knights and then uh, Brett Cohen at Crisis. And one day they came up to me and they said, hey, let's go play a national tournament. 
And I was like, I'm not, I don't even know what that is. So back in 2002, I believe, they're like, let's go do a 10-man national tournament, World Cup. And honestly, it was more like they needed someone that can drive them around because they weren't old enough to be able to get around there and rent a car. So I was like, yeah, let, let's go check it out. My son loved it. And that's how we, we went and played under crisis management at the World Cup 10-man. We lost every match. It was, but we had a blast. We had a blast. We even had Cole, Cole Roberts snuck in on one match and he was playing pro at the time. And we snuck in and, and we still lost. But you know what? It was great. You know, we, we had a great experience, you know, and we shot a lot of paint. And, you know, on the way back, on the flight back, my son, my oldest son, Sean, he was all about it. He was like, Dad, I really enjoyed this. And I was like, well, let's check it out, you know. And I told him, so let's do this. I said, I'll, I'll help fund the thing and you gather up players and we'll put it together and then we'll go from there. And I told him, but, you know, Brett has his own team. You know, if we need to do our own thing, we'll, we'll do that. Don't chase anybody around. Because they were all in high school. All of them. And the first thing they said, we don't know if we can go to the next one because of school. So next thing I knew, it was like nobody wanted to leave. And, and that's how X Factor got created. So we only played under crisis management and paintball nights. And that, was, that was it. I was playing tournament paintball after three months after I started playing. I never saw the rec side. I didn't know what the rec side was. And that sounds, uh, man, what a what an origin story, just going kind of right from birthday parties almost straight into tournament play. That's, uh, you know, talking to Colt Roberts, uh, that was pretty much his story. You know, his first her, his first day of paintball was going right to a practice, and then the next week he was at a tournament with Dixon. Yeah. Uh, so what a... Yeah, it's pretty much for us. I mean, that few owner, Paintball Nights, asked if I could help run it their team and like I said three months later we were playing tournament paintball and never stopped back then they had the PMI series pack series and I think all those series helped a lot because there was a lot more competition a lot more um, series that you could go play and try to win product to help go play the next event and we played pretty much every local event that we could play got it so um You've been in the, you know, in the Texas scene for quite a long time, and you've talked a little bit about the origins of the X Factor team. So having been in the scene for so long, what are some things that you've noticed have changed over that period of time, either for better or for worse? I think the biggest thing that I, I feel like I had a lot of change, that I had a lot to do with the, this change, was the attitude about paintball. Back when I got started, it was about, you know, I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to tear you up. I'm going to do all this. A lot of, you know, it was a bit too much. You know, when I came into the scene and see all these players, you know, they're, they were angry. They, I mean, they, were, they wanted to hurt people. And I just saw all the overshooting and, you know, people were out for blood and things like that. And, and I kind of got a little hold on that. And, and I started controlling people in the sense of, hey, man, we got to, these are practices, you know, let's not get crazy on each other, you know you want to fight then we'll go out here to the street and fight you know and we got it you know I, I protected the little guys you know they were my to me they were my kids you know at 13 years old and I had a grown man you know 30 years old yelling and screaming at him I'd step in real quick and it, it changed everything and I think it's important because I think it helps control some of this that we you know these guys that are over aggressive on the field I think you know you got to get your mind right you know think about the game you know, if you're you're out there, you're 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 not focused. If you're out there trying to overshoot everybody, you're not focusing on the game. So I think that's something we've all. I think that's the biggest change that I've seen, where it just kind of softened up a little bit. It's not as bad as it used to be. So, and I think it's important. I totally agree. Uh, I've I've noticed kind of watching uh, the old like Dirter videos that uh, comparing a bit between then and kind of the NXL today, it's it's a lot more kind of about the sport of the game itself, uh, you know, the athleticism, the mental game, instead of, you know, just kind of uh, all the showmanship and trying to just, you know, just overshoot that guy in front of you. And uh, I think it's, it's really good for the game and it's helping it grow a lot, especially for... Uh, you know, the younger people that are now getting into the game, which paintball for a little while had a huge problem with 
uh, you know, the youth kind of getting into the sport. A lot of the pro players are, uh, you know, in their 30s, kind of, um, and no one's really coming in to uh, replace them until recently with guys uh, like the Ironman new pickups, like uh, Columbus Level coming in. And so I think that is a great thing for the sport. Uh, so uh, we talked a little bit about that BKIT movie, and I was curious about uh, kind of how that came about. Um, for those that haven't seen the BKIT movie or haven't heard of it, uh, it tells it's on Amazon Prime, and it tells the story of San Antonio Axe Factor and how that came up. Uh, so how did the BKIT movie come about, and was it something that uh, was your idea, or was it something that you were approached with? No, absolutely. It was uh, Planet Eclipse. They approached us. You know, it's one of our biggest uh, sponsors that we represent, you know, and we love them to death. I mean, Planet Gun is, my opinion, the best gun there is out there, period. It's proven. It wins tournaments, you know, so... Yeah, Planet came up, came towards us, and they approached us about it, and they they thought they saw a story behind it, and we just kind of ran with it, and it was cool. I mean, they did a little film clip thing, and the next thing we knew, it got they got in a film film festival in Austin, and they won the film film festival, and then they wanted to kind of grow on it a little more, and next thing I knew, they were calling me and saying, "Hey, guess what? We're going to put this on Prime, Apple TV, and all this other cool stuff." And the ultimate goal is to try to get on Netflix one day. That's what the ultimate goal was. So hopefully they can get it all worked out. You know, when you get, we need to get people to watch it. The more they can watch it, the more, you know, one day, I mean, we can put it on Netflix. I think it's great. I think it's great for people to watch and outside of paintball guys, you know, kind of pass that on. And, you know, people that don't play paintball, I think they can see another life. It'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the movie, and actually, someone who's uh, in the chat right now, he was saying it premiered in the. Uh, I think they were showing it in some of the Alamo Draft Houses as well. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know that's where they did it in New Braunfels from the first time when we saw it. So it was it was awesome. I mean, it's great. I mean, you just don't. I mean, we don't. I, I don't know. I'm somewhat humble. I don't really realize that we're trying to do that, and then next thing I know. It gets put out there, and I think it's cool shit. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's one of the coolest things to happen in paintball. Period. Uh, you don't really see anything on that level getting that popular from any other team. Uh, so uh, it's it's cool to see, especially you know, kind of hometown heroes here in X Factor, uh, and y'all's origin story is such a great one. Um, so with X Factor. Over the course of your 20-year span, uh, you've been one of the most consistent teams, especially in the current iteration of the NXL. And until this season, uh, y'all were only one of two teams to never miss a Sunday in NXL, and that other team was being Edmonton Impact. So what would you contri- uh, what would you attribute that consistently high standard for X-Factor to? Uh, it's just work. Just work at it, brother. Understanding the game and just keep working. The key to anything, not just in paintball, but in general, just keep your mind right and just work through it. And when it becomes hard, you work through it. People, a lot, a lot of people back out of it when it becomes hard, and that's when you got to fight through it. So, I mean, and that's something that I've always kind of pushed on my guys that, look, if it becomes difficult, then it's only the start, you know, because it's not going to get easier. You got to fight through this to be better. It's just that simple. A lot of people make it hard. I mean, it, to me, it's all about gun skills, communication, and, and just work ethic. You get those things right, and you'll you'll have a lot of success, not just in paintball, but in life. I'm all about it. It seems like a pretty common theme among all of the guests that have come on the show is just how, how to uh, get to the top level is just, you know, keep grinding, keep drilling, keep working hard, and uh, eventually, you know, the, the success and, uh, the, you know, the status getting up onto the, the higher divisional teams and, uh, winning those events will come. Uh, so real quick, before we continue, we have a couple of people watching live in the chat. Welcome to all of you. If you have something that you would like to ask Alex, uh, please type your questions in the chat and 
if we have time at the end of the show, we will answer a few questions. Uh, so continuing on with our show, if you could give one or two pieces of advice for uh, any divisional teams or divisional players such as myself that are out there looking to possibly one day go pro, uh, what would you say to them to help their journey? Be committed. It, it's tough. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of your time. I mean, it does. But you just got to find that balance. You got to work through it. If it means you got to go out there at the field at eight o'clock in the morning, do your drills, do your thing for two hours and three hours and then go to work, then so be it. Thing is, it depends on you. It's all about you. It's how bad you really want it. To me, that's, that's the key. I mean, you find a way. If you want it, you got to find a way. You know, so when people talk about, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. To me, when someone says can't, that's the first word for an excuse. That's the first word when someone uses an excuse. I can't do this. Why? Oh, I work too hard. Oh, I work too many hours. Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. I can't do it. I can't do it. Then you don't want to be in the pro level. Because the minute you say you can't, then you're hurting yourself. All right. Well, I'll definitely be writing that one down along with some of the uh, advice that Colt. Uh, we also had Jell Stewart on as well. Uh, just be consistent, keep putting in that work, whatever it takes. I love it. Um, so with uh, you guys at the current X-Factor field, we're kind of transitioning talking from uh, X-Factor as a team to X-Factor the park. Uh, you guys didn't always have the current X-Factor field as a home. You've played at other fields, like you started playing at nights, and you also played for a little bit at a field in San Marcos. Uh, it used to be called Maximum or the Realm. Uh, so what prompted you to open your own field? Well, actually, we owned uh, Maximum. We bought the Realm. We bought the Realm name, and we switched it to Maximum. And the idea was to find a happy medium for the guys that were traveling from Dallas, Texas. And that way the guys from San Antonio would travel. So we found a happy medium and that's why we did it. You know, we started at Paintball Nights, but, you know, I kind of helped that field become Paintball Nights. You know, I helped them with some finances and some other things to bring up that field. And, you know, I think we were there a year, a couple of years. And then I had this opportunity to take down San Marcos and um, I chose to go ahead and go forward. And that's where we started practicing. And it worked for a little while. I mean, it's definitely a shorter drive for the guys from Dallas. And then it was a little longer drive for us. And kind of happy medium. It kind of worked out. I was really trying to purchase the property. They, 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 were, they didn't want to sell it. And huge mistake on their part. Because I kept paying a lease. And I was like, all right. And then I was blessed enough to be able to find that piece of property where x is now. I always knew that I, it got to a point where it's like, you know, we know, we understand that paintball can be expensive. So it got to a point where if I'm going to do this, I need to help make it a business and grow and, and, and put up things that I was able to see as I traveled and played paintball, you know, like the Alamo and, you know, most Texas paintball fields are, you know, pallets and tires and mesquite, you know, and I, I wanted to put up structures you know i just thought oh you know i got a construction background and put up structures i think it's cool for the rec side and the things that i've seen in other states and that's pretty much the way you know i kind of want to give back and grow the, the sport a little bit yeah i love uh going to do rec at x factor you know the alamo is the coolest thing and y'all just opened up uh within the last few years you expanded and added those uh, kind of that, I think it's called the four castles or the four corners Correct. field. Yeah. And then uh, you had that kind of Vietnam inspired field as well. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other uh, plans for the future to any other expansions or improvements to the fields? Yeah, I should do. I mean, I want to do a mounds field and I want to do an additional um, hyperball field on the other side of the creek. We own more property past those, that tree line. So I want to kind of want to do something out there and kind of spread it out a little more. And we are going to bring in jelly ball for the younger guys. And I want to try to figure out how I can kind of go from jelly ball to low impact 50 cal to, you know, maybe a 10, 11, 12 years old, start putting them in the regular paintball. I think that's the, I think that's the way to go. I mean, it's no different than, you know, baseball, you know, you start as a, T ball and you go to soft pitch and you go to coach pitch and 
kind of help the kids grow through the sport instead of just throw them in at 10 years old, you know, getting blasted at 300 feet per second, you know, with a 68. We can't deter kids. We want them, we want them for the next generations to come up. Well, uh, I think the jelly ball is going to be a fantastic addition. I know uh, those those things are a lot of fun to play with. Um, Absolutely. I know for a little while there was uh, a few rumors about there being a third tournament field. Uh, that was kind of back when uh, at the start of the season when the Saints were coming down to practice. Uh, are there any plans to continue that at all? Actually, I'm going to do it. I, I want to do it. We brought the turf in. And it wasn't just because of the Saints. The thought process is to be able to do another field for when, obviously, everybody knows, you know, that we hog up a field two weeks prior to every event. So it only leaves one field. So what I want to do, and, it, and it'll help our tournament scene and the teams, you know, if they need to have their own private field and do their own private practices, we need to have that third field. It, it would help us tremendously, you know, because I want to do a little more for the tournament side now that field is only going to be used during the tournament, the weekends prior to the tournament. Because what I want to do with that field is kind of incorporate a little jelly ball, a little 50 cow into it and keep the kids a little safer on that turf. So that's the thought process behind it. We are, we plan to put another field on for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, as someone who plays at X factor every weekend, it would be awesome to have that third field, uh, just for us to prepare for events. Do you think if if and when that third field was built, would you uh, open it up for USXBL as well and uh, just be able to have three fields running at events and maybe get in more teams? Uh, I don't think they can. I mean, I, that'd be more of a question for them because they, they cap their teams, right? And it's not really based on size of the field, of whether they had three fields or not. I just think the staff and I don't, I don't necessarily think they can get the teams and the staff to, to have a third field, which is, you know, whether it's necessary or not, you know, it's more reps, more everything. I think they've done their homework and they figured out that two fields is the best way to run it. Gotcha. Well, uh, if the, if the scene here in Texas ever does expand to that point, it'd be really cool to be able to fill up three full fields in a full day. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, so for anyone that's listening that is seriously considering opening up their own uh, field or their own paintball park, what are some of the less obvious things that they need to consider? Less obvious things? Um, I mean, on the less obvious things, I mean, more, it'd be more on the obvious things. You know, one, you know, the property that you purchase, make sure that there's no restrictions. That's the hardest thing. I mean, you got to do your homework on, on the properties, you know, see what's there. And, and because you, you can get into issues with some of the city and permits and things like that, where you might need to get permits. And there could be a lot, a lot of costs involved when you're trying to figure out how to get this, you know, the, the right property, you know, and then unfortunately, you know, the further out you go, then it's, you know, it's harder to get, you know, get people to get out further and further. So that, that's the biggest thing is figuring out the property. You know, we, we got, I mean, like our field, half of it, honestly, half of our field is in a flood zone. So it, it kind of worked out for paintball. It just happened that way. And the other half is non-flood. So we're able to put this other stuff up high. So it's, it's kind of worked out. But it feels side, I mean, you know, it's a journey, man. Just, it takes a lot of work. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate that, you know, we have Jeff in place and we have a Todd Green. I also still have Matt that works for us. So in the beginning, you know, I spent a lot of time there to get the business going and, you know, make it sustain itself. And, you know, now you just, you know, you pray for good people and keep them happy and keep them working. Yep. Uh, Jeff and Todd are definitely uh... – they're awesome. Uh, Todd's the man. Jeff's the man. They're uh, they've both been really great at helping, uh, especially the Titans out. Uh, you know, just with things like the X Factor Paintball Series um, that's coming up at the field this weekend. Uh, uh, so, quick 
quick uh, plug to talk about the X-Factor Paintball Series. Uh, so the XFPS X-Factor Paintball Series, there's an event that's going to be happening this Saturday at X-Factor. It will be a three-man streetball event. Uh, it's being organized by Jesse Stevens of uh, San Antonio X-Factor. There are some spots still open, so in order to sign up for that event, head over to X-Factor's Facebook page for their park. That's uh, the X-Factor Paintball Park page for more details and to sign up. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add about that series? No, the key to this, I mean, for players, you know, in paintball, spend more time on the field. You know, and it's great to be able to get on these little three-man. I think three-on-threes are best just for communication. Because once you eliminate one player, what do you do? The other two need to really, really communicate to kind of even up the bodies. So three-on-threes, we run a lot of drills, three-on-threes for our communication. So I think it's cool if you can play a three-on-three tournament. Awesome. Uh, so y'all uh, that are listening, go ahead and go sign up for the X-Factor Paintball Series. That'll be, again, that's this Saturday at X-Factor. I think it's starting at uh, either 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. So head over to their page for more details and to sign up. Uh, so if uh, kind of going back to our uh, talk earlier about opening a field, so what would be one piece of advice that you would give to anyone who's looking to open up their own field? I mean, focus on the rec side. I love the tournament side, but focus on the rec side. Yeah, that's really the key. Parties and, you know, corporate events. You get those things down and then you work on those birthday parties. That'll help sustain your field. Awesome. Uh, just a, a question kind of about that rec side. Uh, I think it's been about two or three years now since uh, Planet Eclipse released the uh, EMEC. Uh, how how big has the EMEC been? I know it's been kind of a, a huge thing in updating uh, fields and their rec ball inventory and in terms of like what markers the rec ballers use. Uh, has the EMEC changed uh, anything in terms of how rec ball goes? Yeah, no, I think... Honestly, it was a business move for us. Um, we used to use the FT-12s and, you know, unfortunately you want your, your rental guns to be working all the time and you want them out, out on the field. And being that it's a planted gun, they're simple to work on. They shoot straight, they're great guns, to be honest with you. I'm, I couldn't believe it. I mean, we use them for the 10-man mechanical games, you know, and it's like, holy, these guns could shoot straight. But yeah, I mean, honestly, it was all business. You know, it was one of those things where I just I felt like it was time to convert and change over. Um, we spend a lot less time on trying to fix them. Real easy to work with. And they shoot straight. They're a great marker just to, honestly, it's a great marker to start with. You know, when kids are looking to start with something, I think that'd be the way to go right there. Yep. I, I've got one in my closet over there. I thought it's a fantastic starter marker. Uh, I, I was surprised at how cheap it was, honestly, when it first released. I think it was only like 200 bucks or $220. And uh, my first thought was this needs this could easily be like $300 uh, with how, how great of a marker it is and how easy it is to use. All you really need is just to put a longer barrel on it and you're set. Oh, yeah. No, it's a great marker. Shoots, I mean, they shoot straight. <laughs> they do. I'm really surprised. I mean, on the rec side, and that's what's great about it. You know, you put something like that out there on the rec side, you know, decent ball and a great gun, and he's, you know, you shoot and hit things straight. I mean, it's great. It's awesome. Yep. Love the EMX. Uh, love Planet Eclipse guns as well. So, uh, this is a question that I ask everybody that comes onto the show uh, towards the end of our show. Uh, are there any Texas-based either teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? So who is something that's something or someone that's in Texas that you think the rest of Texas should know about if they don't know already? I mean, we're always watching. I mean, I might not always be on the field, but my guys that are there will watch other players and watch other teams. I mean, we have a you know, between the Dragoons and the Titans, I mean, we kind of understand what's going on. We we might be in the shadows in the back of all this stuff, but honestly, man, we're paying attention. Because, I mean, it's if, – if I could do the team just based out of Texas or based out of, you know, just local players and create another team and just work with those guys, that would be awesome. 
you know, because that's Texas seems grown. I mean, we're the we're the biggest market now. Texas is where it's at. It used to be California, right? If back in the day it was Florida. And they went to California, but Texas is the mega, you know. So there's a lot of great teams that are coming up, and Titans one of them. You know, there's a lot of great players on it. I've seen other teams and other players. You know, there's some pretty good kids out of Austin. You know, so we got our eyes on people. You know, and just got to keep working. You know, and we want to see them often because if they show commitment that they're coming out, then we understand that you know maybe this is what they want to do. Cool. Uh, Texas scene is definitely uh, definitely where it's at right now, uh, and even just you know the smaller scenes within Texas, like comparing the San Antonio scene to the Austin scene, or to the Dallas scene, or to the Houston scene, or even to the Valley scene. Uh, there's so many great paintball teams, paintball players coming out of all sorts of areas in Texas. So I think uh, over the next couple of years, it's going to be exciting to see as all of these players uh, continue to grow and develop. There might even be like a, a D2 or a D1 league that you can make just from Texas players and Texas teams alone. So I'm super excited to see how that all continues. Um, so uh, we've got a few questions in the chat. Uh, this question is uh, from Anson, who's on the Texas Titans D5 team. Uh, his question is, if you could change one rule or add an older rule back for tournament play, what would it be? Uh, I think I think they need to figure out how to cap the paint. I mean, if we could do a limited pods or I, I, I don't think it, I'm not against that, you know, limited paint on the, on the tournaments. I think it'd be great. I think because it helps everyone, you know, and not just on the expense side of it, but it actually when you're down on paint, then you slow down and you start thinking, you know, you start like figuring it out. Okay. What do I got to do? I'm down on my last pod or I'm down on my last 50 paintballs. That's when you, all of a sudden your brain starts to work. You start like, well, now I got to get sneaky. Now I got to go figure this out. You know? So I think limited paint would be a great way to, to help players come up. Awesome. I know that, uh, with meters event Astra, I think it was either last year or two years ago now. Uh, I know at the Astra event he had a limited paint format where everybody was limited four pods, and I think there was also a rule that you couldn't uh, share the pods between players, so that you couldn't have your back player with six or seven pods and your snake guys with only one or two. So uh, that'd be an interesting uh, thing to see in the U.S. I know they kind of have that rule back in the uh, Millennium series. But I don't, I don't know if it's ever been a thing here in the U.S., so it would be uh, cool to see. Correct. Yeah, but I mean, they can – I mean, I think back in Europe, I think they were doing two pods. I think that's not enough. I mean, if you do three or four pods, I think that's good. So, I mean, that's one thing, right? There's other rules. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think they could work on the time a little bit between the points. I think that needs to be adjusted a little bit. You know, kind of sometimes you find yourself running out to the starting gate. And I get it, they're on schedules, but, you know, they got to figure these things out. Uh, another question that we have in the chat is from Changing Lanes. This is uh, Lane Myers, who's also on the Texas Titans. Uh, his question is um, about about the days of 15 balls per second and semi-uncapped, which uh, I guess this question would be, which would – you, which do you prefer between the, the old fire rate and the current NXL 10.5? I mean, back in the day, brother, I mean, you couldn't get through the wall if that makes sense. <laughs> so you shot a lot of paint. And if you ran through, oh, man, you, you paid for it. I mean, it's just, it, it was great. I mean, it was fun, but honestly, it was just too much. I think what they got going on now, I think it's about right. You know, could they go up to 12? Yeah, it could be a little more exciting you know, more paintballs in the air, but it, it gets back to where we got to help control it a little bit, the expense and all that, you know, it gets, when you're, it's uncapped or 15 balls a second, dude, that gun's blasting. It's just crazy. Uh, 12 would be interesting with the, with the current bunker set. I think that would change a lot of uh, things. I don't think it would be quite how it uh, 12 was back when the wall was in play. 
Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, it's hard to get to the, that stream, man. I mean, it really is. I mean, at least 10 balls a second, you can put someone in for a second, quarter second, half second, and put them in and bump. But once they, you know, they roll off and they're holding the stream, 12 balls a second, 15 balls a second, it's a lot of paint. It's hard to get through it. You'll have less movement, to be honest with you. I think the game could get slowed down to somewhat, a lot of paint out there in the air. I think what they got going on now, 10 balls a second is about right. Yeah, uh, 10 definitely makes it uh, a lot uh, a lot more fun to see more dynamic moves, and I think that's part of what uh, the NXL and what Jason Trojan was looking for was more movement uh, on the field. And I think it leads to higher scoring games, especially in the last two years. You're, um, usually, I know back in like 2016, 2017, you were seeing match scores of like 3-2, to two. Uh, when you get to Sunday, you would see two to one, three to ones, but now you're seeing like 10, 12, even 15 points uh, scored in a single game. And I'm not sure if it's uh, too much or too little, or if it, I know some people like Archie, they say it dumbs down the game a lot. Um, but it, it'd be interesting to kind of experiment with that a little bit more. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, we got to just figure out, well, you know, this is the sport, right? If it works, don't, you know, if it's not broken, you know, if we can find better options and we can check it out. But I think sometimes you just got to stick to something and, and just go with it. You know, if it's not broken, let's just keep going and grow on it and not try to figure out, you know, we can make it better. I get it. But, you know, if it's not broken, I think right now, five on five, 10 balls a second, I think it's working. I think it's working. So got to keep growing on it. Yep, I I love the current format, but I think there's uh, a few things that could be done. Uh, I'd like yeah, to yeah, see sure. more uh, with kind of more so with the field layouts that they do instead of I guess the rules. Like I'd love to see maybe less of the six big bunkers. Maybe only use like four out of the six, or every now and then like stand them up on their side. I think that'd be really good to see. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's just I think what they're trying to do is accommodate everybody. You know. If you look at the divisional side, you know, there's guys that, you know, might not be able to move around as well. So they need to have some of these bigger bunkers. It'll help me. I mean, I'll be honest with you. You know, if I can go hide behind something bigger than some little Dorito, yeah, I'm better off that way. So, yeah, I mean, the bunkers, yeah, I agree. I think, they, you know, every year they're trying to change them up a little bit, try to figure out the right ones. So, so far, so good, I guess we could say. I do miss the X, X days back then. X ball with a little mini X's that were crazy. It was fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, this next question comes from Don Jose Jalapeno. Has, uh, this is Jose, who's also on the Titans. Uh, his question is, what's it like being one of the older players in the pro division, and how do you keep yourself at the top of the game? Older players, yeah. I, I hear that a lot for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, dude, I mean, I, I just, it's the passion behind it. I love it. I've always been a competitor. I played baseball all my life, you know, since five years old on up, you know, all the way through college, just played ball and I loved it. But is that competitive edge you want to have? And honestly, I get a little, you know, I get a little thrill when I get to shoot younger guys than I am. <laughs> You know, when you get these young guys that are 20 something years old running around thinking, yeah, yeah, I could do all this, I could do that. And I'm 57 now, you know, and put a ball on them. I kind of just kind of giggle a little bit inside. But yeah, that's it, man. On the other side, honestly, straight up, I mean, I do, it, it keeps me healthy. You know, I have to work out twice as hard than everybody else to even stay on the field, to be honest with you. You know, my body, you know, it's not what it used to be at 20 something years old. It's just the way it is. It's just, it's just life, right? But I keep working and keep my body as healthy as I can. And, you know, and the other side, dude, is just a lot. Big key to this thing is gun skills. Get your gun skills down and get them right. You know, and then it's a little easier to move when you shoot the person in front of you. Oh, yeah. I remember, uh, in fact, most of the Titans remember there was a day that you came out to play uh, at X with us. And there was one point where I think we got it down to like a five on one or a four on one. And it was us against just you. And you shot four out of the five of us all running and gunning. Uh, uh -huh. And we just, we just had no idea what happened. And then the last guy, I think uh, eventually shot you, but and that just like blew our minds that uh, 
that you're just able to do that and someone has uh, been working so hard for so long. That... Yeah, a little luck sometimes, too, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it comes with a little experience. But, you know, it's just timing and just hoping you, you know, put that right ball in the right place at the right time. You know, it's timing a little bit. So and it comes with time. You know, a lot of people ask me, hey, how do you work this out? How do you do this? How do you do the more time you spend on the field, whether you're shooting your paintball gun or not, the more time you can spend on the field, the more your brain will start recognizing and start realizing what it has to do. So you could you can go to the field. You don't always have to be shooting your gun. If you're watching, watching the player, playing, watching the positions that you play, you know, watching more experienced players and watch what they're doing. You know, watch what they're doing and just pay attention to it. You'll learn a lot from just watching. You know, you don't always have to go there and buy paint and, you know, and, and pick, pick something and you say, okay, I need to work on this, you know, and then work on that, stick to it until you feel like, okay, I got it. Now let me make it a little better and just keep working at it, you know, and pay attention and watch all these older guys, you know, watch X Factor, you know, watch us when we come to these practices with Houston Heat and Infamous and all that, watch them, watch us, watch your position. Because I always told my little guys when they were young, X, young X Factor, if you see it done on the field, it means it could be done. So when someone like an Oliver Lane, you know, jumps over a beam and sticks someone and jumps across and does this, and Greenspan's on the other side, you see this thing and you can say, they did it, then it could be done. I love that mentality, the why not, why not us mentality. It's, that's awesome. Uh, so another question that we have from... Uh, this is username. Let's see if I can find it again. Uh, the question, uh, I'll find the username in a little bit, but the question was, does X Factor have anybody that they consider their rival? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. Not out of Texas, I'll say that. You know, but I, I you know, I've always, we've always had a little thing with Impact. You know, but all the other teams, I mean, that's what's cool about paintball, right? It's a community. And when it's, you know, we're all respected. We, we respect the other pro teams and all that good stuff. I mean, it's, it's a friendly competition, you know, and you, you're going to have rivals. You're going to have them. And I think for me, uh, a little on the impact side, you know, because there was a handful, there was a year there, those couple of years where, man, it was only first and second, first and second against those guys. And it always seemed like we fell short. So it just kind of grew on me a little bit. So. When we have the opportunity to play impact, yeah, we're ready. I want them. Well, uh, that's, I, I bet that uh, raining coming over from impact definitely has something to do with that as well. Well, 100%. We'll say that. we just leave it at that, 100%. <laughs> yeah. it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so another question that we have, uh, so this is from uh, Chef Oscar. His question for you is, what do you think, in your opinion, is the best Planet Eclipse gun? And that can that can be whatever parameters you want to set with that. But what do you think is the best uh, Planet Eclipse marker? I mean, I think the CS2 Pro is the best, dude. I mean, and the one they they got one that's coming out here shortly. I'm sure it's gonna be great. You know, the LVL. You know, there's a couple of guys that are shooting it now. Um, I know I used to shoot it back in the day. I think what I like about that gun is the open boat. Like, if there is a problem and your gun doesn't fire, or whatever. I think that's the downside on the CS2. On the upside on the LVL is that you can pull the boat and see down the breach. So you can see whether there's a ball that's jammed or not. If there's not a ball in your breach, then you know it's in your problems in the loader, not in the gun. So, I mean, there's pros and cons in both. I, I think it's just picking your gun and just understanding how it fires. And, you know, every gun has a little turn on, on the way the paintball flies. And once you just, the more you use it, I just think, you know, you, you start to figure out, you know, how it works. But me, CS2 all the way. CS2 is a great gun. That's the marker I've been using. I've put uh, just in, I think the last year and a half, I've put over 200,000 shots on mine. Nice. Uh, there you go. So. Yeah, I love the CS2. Mine's just the CS2. It's not the Pro Edition, but uh, it's a great one. I'm actually looking, well, not unfortunately, but I, I've got my CS2, just a plain black one on the market because I found an X-Factor Edition one that I'm looking to pick up. Oh, so, nice. 
hopefully cool. hopefully that'll uh, come through. So I think we got one or two more questions. This this one is from Get That Shot. He's a photographer and videographer down from uh, the Valley. His question for you is, how much do you enjoy seeing photos or videos of either you or the X Factor team on social media? No, I do. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's a feeling that, you know, when you see these photos of your team players and your teammates and all that, and it's, I, I, I mean, I think it's cool. I mean, it's just, there's other words I can use, but honestly, I mean, I just think it's cool as shit. And for me, if I see myself on a video or a picture or something, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of cool. I try to be humble. I'm just kind of laid back about that stuff. But man, honestly, deep down inside, we all love that stuff. Shout out to uh, Get That Shot. He's actually a uh, sponsor of this show, and he takes awesome photos, awesome videos. So uh, if you need coverage for an event, hit up Get That Shot. He actually uh, worked his way up in, uh, to being NXL Pro Media this year, so he was on the pro field for uh, for Dallas. I think he was over in Florida as well. So. Uh, you might find stuff of X Factors. Uh, I know he's done some X Factor stuff. He's done, I think, Infamous as well. So uh, go to his page, uh, help support, get that shot, everybody. Uh, so last question for you, Alex. Uh, the question is about, so this year the NXL adopted a different format as far as the series goes. They had uh, four major events and uh, two minor events that the pros were expected to go to one of the one of the two, either in Dallas or in California. So what are your thoughts on this uh, major minor thing? I mean, if you want my honest opinion, I don't think they should have done it. I mean, it's, I, you know, I'm not one to talk about, you know, money and things like that. And I just think it was a money grab. I don't, I don't think they're, I guess I should rephrase it. I don't think their hearts are in the right place. You know, and I just felt like it, you know, they added another turn. I mean, they added another event. Great. Right. But I just think doing the five to begin with and then winning the series, doing your thing, or they, they talked about doing this cup thing and all these other things. And I just feel like, I just think they're, they're doing a little more than they should. I think that's the ultimate goal, right? And Excel. So we should be able to, as teams and field owners and everything and, I think like in Texas, even in Sacramento, wherever, but you know, they, they realize let's go do a minor in Texas. Right. And I look at it like, well, if this is the mega and we're, we're helping it grow. Why is it that they want to come and take a piece of the pie? You know, let these teams, let these field owners like, you know, zone or Houston or Dallas or San Antonio, you know, create more series, try to keep them affordable, you know, and then the ultimate goal is to get into the NXL. So doing what they're doing, uh, you know, I, I, I think there's a little more to it than just putting a six event out there. You know, I just, I don't think their hearts are in the right place, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know uh, there was a little bit about uh, them wanting to make it more international, more make the NXL more open to international teams coming in. And I know part of that was kind of a, a hope to make a bid for the Olympics in 2028. Um, but I, I will say I, I do miss having that Vegas event. I do miss having uh, yeah. Texas be a major event, and I'm not entirely convinced that having two major events in Florida is the right move. Uh, just and that's just far as the event locations, and, you know, let alone the whole major minor thing. I've got a whole other you know, thoughts about the whole major minor and how it affects the series and, uh, and all that. I think it makes it a little bit more confusing and, uh, it's just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's right. At least for the, at least for the pro bracket, um, uh, and probably not the semi pro bracket either. Um, but I also understand that their, their goal is to have more events and that way you only have to play essentially your local event and then, all in on World Cup because it's double points for the series. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not too familiar on what they're doing, points and all that, because, I mean, I've been at this level here where it doesn't really affect us, so I don't quite understand all the lower divisional stuff. And maybe it works for everybody. I don't know. But for us, it just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, for us, we'd rather just five majors, you know, win or take all and move on. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, here's hoping that they come back to Texas with a major event instead of minors, and here's hoping they come back to Vegas as well, because Vegas, I thought, was an awesome event every year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I think they should. And I think, it, you know, having a major in Texas, I think, would be much better than a minor. I mean, we saw the turnout. It was all right, but I think, you know, people get excited, you know, it's a major event. It's a little different. It's just, you know, it's a little different. And then with uh, California being... I think the smallest event that NXL has ever had was uh, really surprising. Like you had, like Division Two only had three teams. And oh that, wow, I was not aware of this. Like I, I wasn't unfortunately I wasn't able to make this event, so I didn't really see what was going on. So yeah, that's crazy. Did not know that. Yeah, but well, see, that that should prove prove to you right there that where Texas is versus California is. You know, look how many teams are able to register in the area versus what they had over there. So we're definitely, I love to see our teams do really well. You know, I just enjoy it. I mean, if you look at from the pro level down all the way to the divisional side, when we do these NXL events, I mean, there's always a Texas team in there somewhere, you know, through the whole, each and every rank, you know, whether it's first or third or, but they're all doing well, you know, we're just, we're growing it in Texas, hundred percent. And there's a lot of great players out of Texas. Absolutely, and I think Texas is going to continue to be kind of the spot where uh, paintball is going to be the most competitive, and you're going to see the best teams, best players coming out of Texas for years to come. 100%. All right, y'all, so that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow San Antonio X Factor. That's at X Factor Park for the uh, field San Antonio X Factor, and at X Factor PB for the team San Antonio X Factor on Instagram. Uh, what other guests would you all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below. If you're watching the recording on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. The show will go live weekly here on Twitch, uh, the channel In the Pits Paintball Podcast. Recordings are posted to YouTube, to Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify the next day. Uh, shout out to uh, sponsors and partners for the show. That's Get That Shot, uh, Compete, Jell Stewart's brand, uh, FU Athletics, and Paintball Kumite, which is uh, Colt Roberts' program. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout-outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Yep. Just keep working, brother. And uh, I do want to say uh, I want to say thank you to Planet Eclipse and Core, GI Sports. Love them to death. A great part of uh, of who X Factor is, they you know great paint and great guns. So and honestly, guys, I mean I love Texas, man. I'm a Texas boy all the way through and through. So I'm here to help. If anybody ever sees me on the field and got a question, come on up. I'd be happy to help. All right, thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for coming on to the show and for everybody watching. I will see you guys next week. We will be on episode ten, and we've got. Uh, Alex Smith, uh, his nickname is British. He's on Austin Notorious, and he's going to talk to us about the semi-pro series that they're in. All right, thank you so much for your time, Alex. All right, great. Thanks, guys.